What's going on, man? I'm here with Charlie Randolph, owner, uh, operator of Homeland K9 International. Um, welcome to Dog Days Podcast, bro. How you been? Good, man. Good. One day at a time, just trying to, you know, build it up and do our thing. So, yeah, man. Listen, as we get here, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Get the pe- let these people get to know you and, like, who you are, how you got into dogs, what you, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. First question. How long have you been training? Uh, I started in 1992. So. I was a jit then. Little. I was talking about little, little. Yeah. I'm about 10 years old, 92. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you've you been training for a while. So where did you get your start? So I actually joined the Marine Corps as a, a early enlistment. Mm-hmm. So I signed up at 16, and there was only a few jobs that they would let me take. Uh-huh. So, um, basically, what I was doing was I was working basically weekends, you know, going down to Buford, South Carolina, Paris Island, and um, they was letting me, you know, work at the dog kennel. So we started right there. And, you know, it's been that way since. Yeah. So, so was that your first training experience with? The Marines, or like as a kid, did you have like this passion? You were doing little stuff and didn't know what you were doing, but you were still trying to mess around, you know? How so, I- you know, my pops uh, always had hunting dogs. You know, we had beagles and rabbit dogs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I, I, was, I was always interested into dogs in some level, but of course not at that level, you know what I mean? Right. But my first trip down to Buford. You know, they had went down to the um, to the kennel. They had the agility equipment, the dogs. And it was the first time I, I got to work a Malinois in 1989, 1990. And I was like, man, that's a skinny German Shepherd. Right, 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 right. <laughs> when I remember mean, when I first I first started training, I, I started training in like 0506. I mean, I've been into dogs my whole life, but as far as the bite work is concerned, 0506 is when I started getting into it, and I had no clue. Uh, that that these dogs was as good as they were. Like I, I was never hands on with them. So when I was in the army, I, I joined the army in 2000 and uh, stayed until 05. That's pretty much all they had. I think they had like two shepherds, and the rest of them was yeah. either mouths or now knowing sauce mouths yeah, while yeah. mixes. Because <laughs> they had a couple look like tricolor pit bulls, but real cheeky yeah. type. But you know they had a shepherd uh, feel to them. So yeah. so for us, like it was. You know, a thing of, of course they were, you know, the shepherd was having big problems with hip dysplasia and that and that. So that was driving their wanting to change to something else. Not necessarily at that point, you know, the shepherd not being driving or nothing like mm-hmm. that. But it was a health thing for them. But then, of course, it turned into, you know, years later that you, know, you got a little bit more drive out of the mouth and more longevity out of it. So what was your what was your uh like MOS? So MOS was um, you know we started as like MP, but I never got to do those jobs. Right, mm-hmm. I've been in a kennel since day one. So it was again I, they wouldn't let me have the full rights of MP because I was eighteen. Okay. So it's only like at that time there was only certain jobs you could take. Um, so it was either wait or, you know, hey, you can take this job. And I was like, you know, 
I like dogs and let me see where it goes. And again, I didn't know anything about working dogs at that level. You know what I'm saying? So when did you get out? When, when did you get out of the military? Uh, so I did eight years. So I got out. Um, uh, got out early in like ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay. Okay. Still, I was about to graduate high school. Yeah. Yeah. So it it didn't take me long to figure out. Um, you know, I can make more money in civilian than I can. So immediately when you got out in ninety nine, you started. No, nah, I started before I even got out. Like I was hustling on the side. You know what I mean? Pet dog. Not pet dogs, but you know he's working in protection now. Okay, you know, um, and at that time it was super like um, popular, you know, right for uh, people on the base, and you know that's what to they have want. protection. Yeah, dogs. yeah, it was an in thing, you know. Right, so, you know, we talking ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. We, you know, we making you know, training. 10, 15 dogs every Saturday and Sunday, which is, you know, when you had a full-time military job, that wasn't a bad thing. Not at all. So it didn't take long to figure out, ah, re-enlist or just get out and try to do your own thing. Man, listen, that's, that. so, most of the people know I was in the vet tech. I was a vet tech uh, from 2000 to pretty much present. I just started, uh, you know, doing my own thing for real, for real like two years, two and a half years ago, but I've been into dog training on the bite work aspect, working dogs from since like 05, 06, like I said. But uh, I forgot what the hell I was saying. What was the hell I was talking about? <laughs> you were talking about your longevity, like when you started it, and, you know, it, to me, again, it's, you're talking about how far you going to go with the dogs? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm saying. The, 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 the part about the being an entrepreneur, yeah. learning, like I learned quick that the pet dogs and doing pet obedience and press protection, and, you know, just private stuff, doing your own thing can really be lucrative. And, you know, just talk about that process for me, how you start your own business and how good it was to you versus being employed by someone. Right. So <clears throat> for me, you know, I, I never had kids real young mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i had all my kids when i was in the in the marine corps so i didn't really i was afraid to like take big business rates mm -hmm. you know what i mean so everything i did was you know make this money and i would put a little bit back of it into the business but not as much as like taking out a loan for the business or you know what i mean right so it's taken me longer than a lot of people, but that's just the way I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you didn't dump all your all your savings into yeah. it all at once and just jump in for a dive in for. Yeah, because in my opinion, you know, my kids came first, right? It was my job to not just take care of them but protect them, you know. So and that's financial protection too, you know. Right. So I didn't ever. Yeah, could I have maybe? done it differently and been been a lot more you know further along than I am today yeah probably but I also could have did something and, and messed it up and hurt my kids right so yeah it took a it took a little bit longer for me and 
I'm just comfortable in the way I do. I like to have flexibility. I don't have a lot of overhead, you know, the way I do it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I just like the way, way I do it. Yeah, almost none overhead, really. So like, if you if you think about like just if I'm thinking about just the way I operate, I don't have any employees. You know what I'm saying? I don't have uh, business hours where I'm open this amount of time, closed this amount of time. That's locking me in. So this is probably the free, the most free that I've ever been. Um, just thinking about leaving the job, you know what I'm saying? It got to one point, bro, that I'm, I have clients, I'm getting paid more on a side gig than yeah. I am at my job. And I'm requesting to be off yeah. to the, the thing that's paying me more money. You right. know what I'm saying? No, I get it. I get it. Like, just think about this. Me and, we, we did a couple of uh, seminars in California, uh, with the police department in Cali, and I'm requesting off to do that. You know how yeah. how how lucrative that is just to go out there for a weekend, five days, or yeah. whatever. And then I'm asking off a vet tech job to, you know, oh, what I'm yeah, saying I get it. to do that. And so people, you know, what I'm saying you sometimes. I know you took your time, but there was still some risk. It's it's still you know. Yeah, no, yeah, no sure. risk, no reward type of thing. Right, I definitely would all say you know it was you know easy ride, but it was just for me, um, you know, the pressure of trying to build a business, you know, be a father, be a husband, and all that comes with that. I mean, you know, that's, you know, pressure don't do but two things: make diamonds or bust pipes. Correct. So I tried to do it in a way that. Yeah, it probably career-wise was a slower route, but it was a safer route. And then, like I said, to me, you know, my kids was was everything. You know? Would you have done anything differently the way you know versus the way you did? I don't really think so, to be honest. Because again, you got to think about it. Like I said, I had all my kids back to back, back, super close. Right. So you're talking about. At any one given time, I got three kids in college. Mm -hmm. One graduates, mm -hmm. I got another three in college. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, to me, if I didn't have to take risks to, to keep going and stay, and stay afloat, why do it? You right. know what I mean? Exactly. So, I waited to then, when they got settled and, you know, got out of school and started to have their own thing, then I started making more moves. Because right. I, mean, so, I would say in the in the protection world, or you know the world of the thing, what we do, you're pretty known. You know what I'm saying? You're pretty out there, and there's people out there with less knowledge, uh, you know, less skill, you know, and and they're doing this, you know, at a bigger scale. And yeah. would you want to upscale, or do you like the way? You I like the way I have it, but okay. So here's one thing I learned a long time ago. There's a lot of people that can train, mm -hmm. right? And there's a lot of people that can run a business, right? But it's not a lot that can do both, correct? So that's really the deal. You see what I'm saying? Is to me, is can you learn to be efficient at both? Right. You know. So there's there's things that opportunities that dogs have afforded me to this point. It's gonna grow our next business, you know what I'm saying? And maybe, maybe I don't get those opportunities if it wasn't for dogs, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so like, yeah, I, I, I kind of used 
dogs to create a bunch of avenues of income. Uh, you got what I'm saying? So, like, some people just lock into, I'm a trainer. You know what I'm saying? So, since I, I didn't want to get rid of, totally get rid of my background, my background is, you right, know, being a right. vet tech. Why would I just let 20 years of that experience go? Exactly. So, now, you know, I branched <laughs> off and started doing, like, the repro stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, progesterone test, AI, semen analysis. I started doing all that. I do that on the side. But that's just good off. business. Though, and just right? multiple streets. Right. Okay. Let that, let that, you know, have me a house, rent me a house out. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm trying to really hop on this Airbnb thing. That's probably, that's probably my hey, next stage because it's all about being able to take care of your family and still at the same time having flex flexibility, making money while you're sleeping. Yes. That's probably it. Passive income, baby. This is what it's about. You know, and my thing is, so I've taken like a background and we created a whole other business in TCI. Right. Um, so what is TCI? It's Total Canine Institute, right? It's where we're gonna we're gonna take training and education and bridge that together, right? And okay. it's it's not just dogs. It's you're talking about hand to hand combat. You're talking about basic driving. Um, you know, you're talking about close close quarter protection. The whole lot, right? And right. it's all generated off things that. We already do from our military backgrounds, right? You know what I mean. Uh, and again, maybe if without the dogs, I don't get those opportunities to make those face-to-face -face connections, yes. and then we don't have this opportunity, right? right? But to me, um, you know, so like, like your business is is you. You're you drive your business, right? Right? Yeah, you can. You could go out and hire employees, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't. Your clients don't come because of your business. They come because of you. That's correct. Right? So you can't. But you can't. You know, again, it's only one job. Right. You know what I'm saying? But at some point, you ain't gonna be able to catch a dog. Right. Physically, right. Right. you're not gonna be able to. Right. So, what's the growth for your next step in your business? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it, you you can't do this forever. Right. So before your body starts to fail, mm -hmm. in my mind, you know, I want to set yourself up. Right. This this chest, not checkers. Yeah. You got to be three or four steps ahead. Right. That's why. That's why. Right now, at this moment, I I kind of enjoy. I enjoy teaching other people the craft. You know what I'm saying? Having a, having apprenticeship. You know, people helping me out um, in exchange for. Uh, the knowledge. You got know what I'm saying? For sure. I, I tell people all the time, I don't consider myself a trainer. I'm a teacher. Right. Right? So, because if you, in my opinion, if you box yourself into, I'm a trainer, okay, well, that's that's great, but aren't you more than that? You know what I'm saying? Right. You got to be, because I, this is a, my favorite thing to say. Don't steal this. I'm putting this on the t-shirt. <laughs> you can't teach what you don't know. For sure. Right? So, I feel like the same way. Like, I feel like I take in what I learned. I take in all the years, 20 years experience or whatever, and I try to pour that into other people. And I yeah. see, when you see people on the, on the, on the, the way they're trained, like even if you go to a boxing gym, if you go to a wrestling gym, if you go to the MMA gym, a certain dog club, when you see a certain style of whatever that craft is, you like, they put their stamp on that. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like when I look at the people at, um, what's it, Jonathan Cash Club? They're all 
they all have the same style and it look right, right? right. When you when you see our dogs, it, people gonna be able to say that's a brand dog. That dog, comes right, from, right, blah, blah, blah. When you see people red like like uh, in MMA, you know your right favor, yeah. So your right favor got a team alpha male. When that when that when his gym was like popping popping, but it still is. But when all the stars were there. You knew that they had that wrestling background, that right. stamp there. Right. You know what I'm saying, and that's just what it was. So I feel like pouring into people and then giving them what you got, and then you seeing it, you know yeah. what I'm saying, expand through the system. Yeah, you know you kind of sure. doing the right thing. And, and it's um, you know again, like we say, you know people come to you because you're the brand. You know what I'm saying? You're right. the, you're the brand of your franchise. But a lot of people don't know like. We do so many other things that don't get Facebook or Instagram right. notoriety. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, but, yeah. but that really, that really is as much a factor in finances is, is the things you get to see. Right. You know, because everything uh, isn't Instagram or Facebook. You know, worthy, worthy right? And yeah. it's tradecraft too. So you can't. You know what I'm saying? You've worked hard to build something a certain way, and you only want. That your clients that pay for that, you know, service it's to be able to have, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, at at this point, like, it, it's a time in the world where you can be, like, I only post stuff on Instagram that's gonna, I feel like it's gonna excite people, right, okay. right, and that's that's is why Facebook, Instagram, whatever they give you, especially when you have like a business page, they give you the insights to see what type of stuff your audience likes. Right. Do they like your pictures? Do they like when you do bite work? Do you like when you do obedience? Do they right. like slow motion with slow music? You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's an art to that too. Marketing yourself. Well, and sure. All well, this sure. stuff and getting out. Because there's a lot of people like, I just talked to Mo. Same. I feel like that dude got a lot of talent. Yeah. And he can get a lot of places, but there's no marketing engine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Behind him, like, you know, and it's people, it's people that are way more talented than me. And they got two, three hundred followers on Instagram or right. whatever, and it's no nobody knows but, them or their business. But at the same time, that does if if you have twenty thousand followers and it doesn't make you any money, it's worthless. Right. So and, and it's not just that if if it pulls you from a being who you are as a person. Right. To me, it ain't work. It's not the most the most genuine thing that you can do is be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself, and in that. The success comes and be passionate about whatever you're doing. So, like, if I train dogs, I'm passionate. My wife always tells me that I'm obsessive with stuff. Like, if I, I get, get it, it, if I get into hunting, yeah. I'm gonna watch all hunting in. on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get the guns. I'm gonna be outside practicing shooting. I'm gonna be getting my bow practicing. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a whole lot of obsession over that one thing until I learn. Like, I'm in jujitsu right now. If I had the time, I would be there every day. Right. If I wasn't 40 years old. And my knees was hurting. I'll be there every day. Like I gotta take some recovery time now. But yeah, you have to be passionate about something. You feel what I'm right. saying? And see, for me, I don't have that time. So what I do is, you know, I got the HK9 brand, we got the TCI brand. So I'm like, if I'm not working one, I'm trying to build the other. One. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's really like no really days off like that because I know at some point. I am not going to be able to do this the way I'm doing it, right? So I'm working really, really hard right now to try to prepare for the next step in our life. Right. Yeah.
definitely. I feel like I, I'm behind the eight ball a little bit, but at the same time, you know, traction and movement. The only reason I started getting like, um, I was getting into shitting. I'm starting to do that. Yeah. Uh, do PSA. It's a lot of bits and your know, little nuggets that I take from these people and yeah. put it to my own bag. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm trying to. The only reason I compete is because I feel like there was a stigma, and I'm trying to get that off. You know what I'm saying? The stigma. You know how we came up. Yeah. Of we don't do no obedience. Oh, we came to the. I feel like I can make a dog do anything. I just need to see it. Get the system, know how the dog's thinking, blah, 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 and then I can make him do whatever I want him right. to do if the dog ha- possesses the drives, you know what I'm saying, right. to do that. Right. So for me, I um I just stay in my lane, right? Mm-hmm. And I just try to get better each day in my lane, right? right? It has nothing to do with, you know, I'm cool with people who want to learn all these other things and be, you know, be creative. That's, that's cool. Um. My other thing is TCI. You right. see what I'm saying? We're talking about, you know, we in the middle of getting our license for armed security. But right. you know what I mean? Not just not not just here in the, in the states, but internationally. Right. That, those are the type of things that we're gonna have to evolve into at some point. And it's still, yeah, it's still all core business from. The things we learned in Marine Corps, the things we've learned with working with military canine, LE, you know. So it's all branched off of that. So we're not far away from the center and the core, but that's it. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's Even though I do 20 things, bro, I'm, it's still it's still dogs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the end of the day, bro, I just want to be able to provide for my family, for still sure. be free. And I'm also learning that time is more important than money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You cannot get back time. You can lose every penny that you have sure. and get more. For sure. You cannot get back time. I tell, listen, that's what I tell my kids. We got six kids and seven grandkids. You see what I'm saying? And we're trying to, listen, I, I got a, you know, a, the Bible says a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children. Well, I can't do that if I don't have a plan. You know what I mean? Right. I have to have a plan. Right. And I have to try everything i got to put that plan into action. So, yeah. So, alright. So, speak about, like, I see on, like, your Facebook stuff and all that that you have. You'll put out, like, a, hey, I'm booking yeah. for 2022 or these months to this month. You know, if you want to book me, I'm open for this. How much of that time, you know, it takes a lot to be on the road and go on and this and that and that. How much of that do you, like, are you cool with sacrificing to build this inheritance that you're speaking of? Well, so that's the thing. In my mind, I'm doing it full force until I can't do it no more. Because I know it's going to be a point where I can't. Right. right? So, but I'm not just going to try and, you know, book a seminar in Cali and go and, you know, take care of my clients. Yes, that's number one. But number two is face-to-face Shaking people's hands, you know what I mean. Making sometimes you making network life, right? But you networking, but you making lifelong friends and somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and to me, you know, nobody can do everything by themselves. You just can't. Right, right, right. You're gonna need help at some point. And those things are very important. Like when you speak on networking, you talking about like favor. To me, is better than anything. 
as far as especially when you're in business, you have favor with people. They put you in the same. There's people. There's plenty of people that I know that should be in the league playing football. You know what I'm saying? Playing basketball. <laughs> but there's favor. There's I know this. My cousin is my sister. Husband worked for the GM at such and such. You feel me? Right. And then you kind of climb that ladder. Like there's there's like my brother-in-law. He was trying to get a. Uh, job in the military and then I knew some people because I was already in yep. and they met with yep. this person that person and then it just set up a chain and then it's not you know you kind of like how you did that how you get that position right. how because sometimes it's not what you know it's who you know you know what I'm saying sure. you, and, and sometimes there's people with degrees and all the accolades but if nobody never gives me a chance or opportunity to uh, fulfill that yeah, then sure. you never get to express your talent or your skill or your knowledge right. so that so, you so know to me the way i look at it is every time you know i go especially if i go somewhere i've never been right it's like an interview you right. know what i mean i'm trying to not just not just for those that two or three days i'm there or whatever i'm trying to make an absolute lasting impression you know what i mean right. um so for weeks and weeks and weeks after that they still you know, they still have that glow about them, you know, of that two or three days. You know what I mean? Right. It's not just train. Listen, you can train the dog and you can do all that, but you have to empower the people at some point. Right? Because you're going to go home. Yes. This, right? this is why it, I try to tell people all the time. The dog can't pay you. Right. The dog can't pay you. So you have to make more of a pressure on the, on the yes. humans than the dog. Again, that's what I'm saying. So I'm trying to... That's why I said I'm not. I don't consider myself a trainer. I'm a teacher, right? So some of the most successful people in life had really good teachers at some point in their life. You know what I mean? And they, even after they were gone with that particular school or whatever, they would find themselves still connected to that teacher. You know, if right. a, uh, you know something comes up in their life and they want to talk to somebody about it, they reach out to the teacher. Right. Even if that, even if that teacher, uh, it's not in their area of expertise, they still feel comfortable enough about things and talking to. Yeah, let me hit, get your point on that. Right, right. You know I mean, they want, they want to bounce it off you. Right, right. So to me, that's that's what I'm trying to do. Not just for those two or three days that I'm with them, but I'm trying to leave a positive, lasting impression and trying to empower them. That you know what I'm saying. You don't need me. Right, you know what I'm saying? You do it yourself. Right. Yes, right. It's train the trainer. I'm gonna train you how to train your dog. Right. I like that. I like that too. A lot of people talk about return customers, but the people who I do that with, even they they become good, and I feel like they can train dogs. Like even if the people in the club, I'm like, you can be a trainer, you good. But they still, those people still keep coming back to you. Right. They come back to you because you're a teacher, right? And they feel comfortably connected to you, right? So even if even if they branch out a little bit on their own and try to do some things, they're still going to come back to you, right? So that's continuing education at that point, right? right? Yeah, I know enough that I can, you know, effectively and efficiently, you know, take on a client or whatever. Right. But maybe if I get a problem client, I don't know how to do that. But I know my teacher does, you know what I mean? So they don't never want, in my opinion, they don't never really want to disconnect, you know what I mean? Right, right. They want to stay connected to you, and they're willing to... To pay the price that it costs to stay connected to you, right? You know, for sure. Education ain't free. It's not. Some it, people period, think it is, though. It's not, right? On no level. Public school is not free. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think it is. You know what I mean? Your kids go to school, but you're paying. You're paying in taxes. 
you're paying some it. kind of way is this right around, going around right you're paying it oh you know your little girl they want you to bring cupcakes and it's paid you know what i'm saying in some form you know what i mean it's paid and always nothing you know nothing ain't free nothing, nothing. And, it's, and it's like the the faster the younger generation understand that and, and you know what i mean it is what it is stop trying to get everything free and earn it and you're good to go yeah you're cool like i said Man, it was a long time for that. Let me touch it off. Like, you clean kennels. You couldn't even feed them. Right. You know what I'm saying? You wash down the school jack. That's what you do. Right? And then it was finally, you know, you graduated to, you can feed them. Right. Don't look at my dog. You know what I'm saying? You had to work your way up. Let's, yeah. let's switch it up for a second. Okay. So, speaking about, you know, back in the day experience and all the things that you've done and yep. stuff like that. Back then, when you first started working dogs, the caliber of dogs that there were, do you feel like that has diminished? People have gone away from those style of dogs, or do you yeah, think see, it's still out there? Or what, you know, I think that there's some still out there, but honestly, like the dogs were a lot harder. They they just were genetically. And, yes. Okay. Right. But what happened is, in my opinion, the more that everybody wanted to be part of this this thing you know right this dog thing well you know you can some people were weekend warriors some people were just recreational oh i like dogs and you know they want to get a dog but they don't really want to do the things it requires to have that kind of dog right so supply and demand Mm -hmm. right so what do you do 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 people just hold firm and, and not sell to those type of people or do they Water the product down just a little bit to make ends meet, and to me, that's what happened. Right. You know, anytime you have an exclusive club, you can control things. As soon as you get signed out of that exclusivity, you don't have the control of it. Right. So right. everybody wanted to be involved, and that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. You know, and to right. me, that's just—I mean, I can go breed by breed, and just yeah. you know—and it's this is not me you know seeing videos of dogs i'm talking about this is me out there working them hand on hand i can tell the difference in some of the dogs between 20 years ago 10 years ago and five years ago you know right i feel like people are getting to a point right now where they just see two dogs from a working line and they just breed it together hoping for what they have or better just twisting their fingers, right? And I always said that one plus one is two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's it's a you. I'm not gonna put uh you know lower my percentages. But if, if I'm making A's in all my classes. I don't want to put a yeah, throw that C in there and drop my average. Like you're decreasing your chances of ha- you know the genetic pool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Putting stuff in there like. And like, oh, okay, I got this. I got this female, and she got nerve issues. And then I got a male. He's a good dog and drive, but he got the same out of drive nerve issues. Like, what are you doing? Right, you know no, what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. And I'm then we we making these nerve bags, and I, I have never seen so many dogs, especially in the law enforcement arena, that should not be nothing but pets. You know what I'm saying? It should yeah. be nothing more than I something I play fetch with. You know what I'm saying? Something that my kids enjoy. 
you know, but as far as cutting out to do either high level sport or man work, because to be honest with you, since I'm engulfed in doing sport now, there's not much difference in the training. You got what I'm saying? There's yeah, not much sure. difference. You can still, like like we were talking about earlier, have a shitting dog that'll bite somebody for real. You can still have a PSA dog that'll bite somebody for real. Back in the day, that's just where the most of way, our dogs came from. Right. It's just the way that you apply what the dog has learned. Right? And, and so, like, if I don't want my dog to bite the sleeve, never gonna give him one right, like sure. there's a method to never giving the dog ever 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 in life give him a seat like he doesn't ever have to bite that so why why am i putting that into like you know what i'm saying yeah. you could go straight from you know belgian arm when i say sleeve i mean like the jew chipster style sleeve so you do you know belgian arm hidden sleeve and you know in the uk what they call it covert you, you do hidden sleeve keep on targeting and then you slowly just take that all away and then now he's nothing but the man and and you get what you want to get a dog can mess you up in prey as a part of the game you got what i'm saying like a lot of people think that the dog has to be just serious bite you know crazy psycho and out of his mind but if he thinks that tearing you up is a part of the game he's just tearing you up have you ever seen a dog tear up a stuffed animal or a box or you know i could take Draco, you remember we was at? I think we were at the uh, the night trial uh, oh, yeah. in the thing, and I pushed the chair across yeah, the parking yeah. lot on wheels, and I was like, "Watch it!" Pocket. And he just started tearing it up. Was he a mean, mad at the chair? No, he was just in pray, just tearing it up, and he could do that same thing to a person if taught. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so one of the things like say to me back in the day, the dogs I, I feel like were a little. A little bit more genetically superior, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was learning, it was all physical because I mean we had the goods of a good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I started to see the a little bit of the decline of the dogs that I had to learn the mental aspect has to come first when you train. Right? You see what I'm saying? Because to me, once you can get through to a dog mentally, the physical, I mean, that's easy. It comes really, really natural to it. Um, but you have to work through the dog's mind. It's awesome. I always try to tell my clients, like, how does the dog view what you're trying to train, what you're trying to teach? Mm -hmm. How does he view it? I don't care how you present it. If you present it in a way that he doesn't understand it, you got to change it. Yep. The first thing I do when I feel like a dog is not responding to what I'm asking them to do, is I put the dog up, step back, and I think about what have I done to cloud the communication between us. Like, but he doesn't understand what I'm asking him. But again, that whole process is the mental approach. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you, you, you're saying, okay, I need to step back for a second and reevaluate. That's the mental approach, right? Instead of just trying to physically push forward and mush through the, you know, the quicksand and, you know, we're going to just, you know, we're going to bullet it into this. We're going to get it done. Well, you know, let's take a step back and say, you know, is it is it the way I'm showing it? You know, and sometimes it might not be that. Maybe he just don't pick it up, but sometimes it's the same. So to me, I said, I have a standard, right? The standard never changes, right? The message never changes, but the delivery of the message might have to, right? right? 
So you, we can go to this is that we can go to any elementary school in America, and they all got monkey bars in the playground, right? They don't lower the monkey bars down because your kid can't get up there. Right. The standard is the standard. He gotta find a way to get up there. Right. If you wanna play with everybody else up there, he gotta figure it out. They don't bring it down to his level. Right. And I feel like that's what the dog community does. Yeah. It brings down the standard so it can be more, you know, everybody could get a participation medal type thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's how the breeding starts, right? So everybody could be involved. Right. And then they started making titles to the lesser standard, the standard for breeding. Yeah. So, like, if the standard has been lowered to breed, you know, and it's kind of like just a domino effect. You say, okay... We're gonna do X, Y, Z. No more stick hits. No more, uh, you know, opposition. No more picking up the dogs before you know in the trial type stuff. Then you start getting into like, okay, well, I don't know what my dogs' real thresholds are. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like genetically, pain tolerance is a high, high thing on in genetics, right? I want to have that. You know, to where my dog don't step on a pine cone yeah, for sure. and come off the bite or lose complete interest in what he was doing. My dog could be, uh, uh, what you call that, search and rescue dog, and he go in there and get stuck by thorns. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to do yeah, that. I'm done. Sure. You know, it's a lot of dogs like that. And so, um, you know, that drive is important. And we breeding this water down stuff in whatever, it is, whatever breed it is, you know, whether you got... Pitbull, Malinois, German Shepherd, you know, if the dog is not doing what he was created to do, you have a watered down project. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I have a Patterdale that don't want to smash rats and varmint and stuff like that, like his, he, he don't have good hunt drive, this is what he was developed for. Yeah, you I, know what I'm saying? That's one thing. Like, I, I don't, uh, you know, I keep it real with myself. You know, I try to keep it real with the clients. This if your dog doesn't have, you know, the makeup to do the job that you want him to do, he just don't. You can't make it up as you go. You know what I mean? You can't put it there. Either he has it or he doesn't. That has nothing to do with, you know. Oh well, you know, I'm, I don't. I hit this all the time. I said, well, I don't have a good trainer. Well, I get that. I mean, yeah, just not not that. But here's here are some things that you can be doing in the meantime. Yeah, right? and it's like, are you doing those things? Right. And if you are, and you have to understand that you need the right, you need the right clay yeah. to make the pot. For sure. So you got what I'm saying? So like, you can't have too much water in your clay yeah. if you want to have a stable sure. pot at the end. Like, you want to have to mix that thing up right. Like, it got to be put together and have to have all the the tangible, all the things that, you know, are needed to possess a working dog. I tell everybody when they first call me, the first thing I say is, all dogs can be obedient. Yeah, but correct. not all dogs can be protection dogs or working dogs or whatever. For sure. They just don't have the juice. Like, there's dogs that just don't have juice. This is not for them. Now, you know, some dogs we see as real driving. We've seen that earlier today. We out here Charlie's uh, training day. So, we've seen that today. There's some dogs with crazy drive, but they don't want to put is that driving to what you want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want the dog to do man work. Like, there's some pit bulls that'll work excellent on the hog. Yeah. But will not 
you can't get that to cross over to me. Right, too. You know what I'm but saying? But you can, you can take a square piece and turn it out anywhere you want to. It ain't going in a round hole. Facts. Right? You can. It don't matter how many times you turn it or whatever. It's, it's you know, that that's not designed to fit in it. Right. So, you know, it, that part of it is what it is, you know. Right. So, let's, let's switch it up one more time. We're going to talk about these... Uh, the the police dog that are failing in the selection process of you know in the vendor responsibility that type of stuff like let's get into that a little bit. Um, you know I think it's I think part of maybe the issue is it's like it's, there's really no oversight to it you know um, you know you if, if you work at such and such department. You know, you you set the SOP for your department, and y'all go with it. And a lot of times, they may or may not uh, reach out to um, more veteran departments for guidance and help. You know what I mean? They just kind of venture out on their own, <laughs> and before you know it, you know, that, that's good and bad in this, right? And, you know, just like anything else, sometimes they get taken. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and then... Rob, no pistol. That's what he's saying. <laughs> uh, it's 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 um you know this whole vendor thing of to me sometimes you can get too big for your own good you know what I mean it's just right and you start thing. getting that that uh quantity over quality yeah. type of thing yeah. so start don't start out good and then you just start sending me a bunch of garbage my biggest thing is because uh, I've heard you say this a lot. Uh, when we've been working together that either you got the dog that way or yeah. you made it that way so it's something that you did right. to get it like that or you bought it you bought a trash product so but at the same time there's when you're searching for people if you have somebody oh, you buy a dog from somebody and they don't want to stand behind their product like what are we doing you know what I'm saying like, I put a dog somewhere, I want to know how he's doing, what he's doing. Right. Does he do this? Is he messing up on the street? What's his corpse? What's his problems? Is this? Okay, he's not working out, send the dog back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's that's how I feel. But there's, there's, and there's a lot of, you know, this good old boy system where people are putting dogs in places. And the people know, the handler, that handler knows, and the person who put in the request to purchase the dog knows that that dog is trash and can possibly get somebody killed in the street it's not reliable at all but however it was the money was made the move was made however it was but it's just like okay i'm gonna do business with my friend at some point i mean you have to still have a decent product like yeah would you go to your if your friend was a barber and your friend had epilepsy and catch a seizure every, every time he was cutting your hair or uh, narcolepsy or whatever he goes off and skin your head are you still gonna I don't care how much of a friend he is you don't want your head skin you see what I'm saying and they skin the heads in the, in the canine world like as far as just not giving them the product that they need you know what I'm saying yeah I, I mean sometimes you know we go places and work with different departments and sometimes they'll you know they'll have a dog that you really have to be you really question like ah, I don't know about this one and then you ask them a little bit about the dog and they'll say well 
this vendor oh, gave me like these three goods. Yeah, I get that. But what about this one? Yeah. Yeah, this one, we're not worried about. But do you yeah, think I, that comes from, okay, say say they had a vendor, and the vendor's placing good dogs with them for years, right? And you go back and you get just one dog. It's just not working out, right? Yeah. I think that a lot of times they either luck up with that one or two good dogs or they send you, the, you know, the kind of bait and switch type of thing. They send you just one dog to get you hooked on, and then they start sending you a bunch of garbage. Or you don't have the knowledge to know what a good dog is. Like, they're not giving you... It's like the blind leading the blind. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Have you ever been somewhere like you're training the dog, you're doing a seminar or whatever, and then you say something basic. You say something basic that every dog handler should know. Yeah. And they sure. say, what you mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? And then I'm like, what you talking about? This is like dog training, canine handler 101. Like, you should know that. And then I'm like, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying to me. Like, the biggest thing to do would be, you know, seek some help from some more successful departments first you yeah. know what i mean hey how did you guys set this up you know what do you think about this yeah. and, uh, just do your homework and do your due diligence beforehand and i feel like you get a you know does that mean that you're going to be 100 percent successful no but it at least puts you in the right all you know what I mean? definitely definitely you you you'll it'll be less less mistakes you know what i'm saying um you know, there's not. It's not always going to be perfect. There's going to be some dogs in and sure. But I just have this thing. We go to a department with nine, eight, nine dogs, and they all trash. Like, what are we? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And then the first thing that they do when you start asking them about their training regimen and this and that and that, like I have literally trained with departments who one never trained at any time. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Okay. Never did any live scenarios. Yeah. If you okay, just imagine, <laughs> just imagine you do like a traffic stop, and so you know how we go crazy a lot of times on like when the dog's biting us and all that. I do that because I've physically seen this happen in real life. We're not trying to be zombies, you got what I'm saying? Like, I've physically seen somebody get bit, the dog is on them, and he's like, dang, bro, getting bit, and he. He's still acting a fool. Yeah. I've seen that. i just seen a video recently where a, do a dog bit this guy in the leg. He was whacking it with a machete. I'm talking about just going crazy. Whacking it with a machete. It didn't look... I mean, yeah, the dog was biting, it was biting him, but yeah. that's real. Yeah. That's what, that's what the part where you need to learn. Get in there with your dog. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sure. Use your other tools to disarm this person. Or not send the dog. You know, it's, it's certain scenarios. You know how... When we went to the UK, we did the scenario, and a couple of the guys executed what we wanted them yeah. to a T. Yeah. And dog didn't get a bite, so we say, "That's it, yeah, done. you're done." Get on, you pay. So they start looking like, "Damn man, I thought I was supposed to do yeah. this, this, and this, and this. I thought my dog was gonna get a bite. No, why would I attack you? Right? Like that's stupid. Right? Like okay, we do an ATM scenario. Let's think about this, right? You do an ATM scenario, your dog." Is sitting right by your side. Every move I make, he's looking at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a criminal, yeah. or am I gonna attack this person? Right. First thing I'm gonna think: Why is he sitting with his dog? You're not blind. Yeah, yeah. Why am I sitting at the ATM with the dog? Okay, that dog probably bite. That dog probably a protection dog. Okay, now it makes more sense to go to the ATM. You're not there, right? The dog's still in the car. Your window's down. The people that can't see the dog. Yeah. 
They don't know the dog with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you like, hey, bro. And then the dog come by. That's a difference. That's, That's a different. big difference than setting these un, very, very, very unrealistic scenarios. Right. Like they don't, you don't train for it. You know what I'm saying? You have to train how you need your dog to work. Whether that's law enforcement, yeah. chitin, sport, PSA, whatever it is, you have to train like that. Right. So, so you brought up the UK. Like one of those good examples was uh, like when we did the stranded motorist, right? Right. And we tried the gas. Right. And I tried to to come up to Tyler when he had it done. He's like, like whoa, he, mate, whoa, stop. Like, he didn't even let me get close to him. I said stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was super, like, you know, On forward. And, you yeah. know, and at that point, there's nothing you can do. Right? You, you can't advance on him. He, yeah. He's on, he, he, right? on top he, of you. He just, he played that perfectly, you know? All right. All right. So we have to train. So then in that, when you do those kinds of scenarios as law enforcement officer, uh, if you don't have um, – nobody to do that kind of stuff or have the mind to think of that kind of stuff that's what prepares you in the street that's why a lot of people send their dogs into dangerous situations like bro don't do that that's yeah, stupid yeah. you know what i'm saying it's kind of like i was just talking to my my dad the other day and we were talking about when we used to go fishing and you know be around big bodies of water yeah before we get out there he said listen son <laughs> don't, don't get out there playing around that water da, 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 da. yeah sit yourself down if you fall in there, this water, you know what I'm saying? My yeah. feet can't touch. I cannot help you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? The waves yeah. kicking up, blah, blah, blah. It's unforgiving. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it's self-correcting. Like, bro, you can't, I can't help you. Yeah. So we, I'm letting you know this ahead of time. Yeah, for sure. But, man, yeah, like, some people think that this is just a, they just go through these dry, dry scenarios. <laughs> and, and, don't know when to pull the trigger, like to let the dog go. Don't know when to hold him back. If a guy got a machete, a big hatchet machete, dog, I'm talking about big. This bro walking around like Jason. I'm not about to let my dog go. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's a suicide mission. I'm not. I'm not letting him go. I'm not even getting. Yeah. And then they still shot him. I think. Yeah. I think they still shot him. You should have. But now you shot the dude, killed him, and the dog's dead too. That's suicide mission. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not letting my go. Now I don't know from the angle if he yeah, saw yeah. the dog or not. Like I can't speak. I wasn't there. Adrenaline yeah. pumping, sure. stuff like that. But just in general, if, just in, general, in general, terms. if I see that, if I see some massive Conan the Barbarian type of weapon, <laughs> I'm not sending my dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got other tools for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and we're there. You know what I'm saying? When we putting these seminars on to let to educate you. You know what I'm saying? Not to make you feel inferior or anything like that, but this is what we do. And there's a lot of people, bro, it's like the blind leading the blind. Especially when the the departments say, we train our own dogs. Now, listen, I don't have a problem with that. If you have one of those people who, like, you have a dog person that, you know, did something else, and that's what they do. They work dogs, and they're leading you guys into... This is what, this is how we're gonna handle this. Like you know how we do it. You could you could definitely see that that some of the departments those people are leaders and they could, they're fully capable of leading their unit into doing everything that they need to do and they just bring us in for a little spark. You know what I'm saying? A little yeah, different. So eye. so but even at that to me, um, you know, a third party, uh, you know, a third party, a third independent party. 
uh, to vet you know where you are currently in your program uh, to me that's a no-brainer I mean okay you, you see that in all businesses you know what I mean I don't care what business it is they, you know eventually they'll bring a, a staff in to you know just to vet where they are in their program yep you know? yep so so, so uh, even that my big thing too is with these um the vendor who supplied you with the dog doing the certification that's the biggest scam known to man i've seen a dog right imagine this i've seen a dog that would never pass a certification on no level at all right the dog goes back and it now it's certified by whom like you know what i'm saying like why come on bro the dog don't know nothing and then because this is what happens when you start certifying dogs. Like I, if I have, if I had a contract, right, with a, a depart, certain department or whatever, I'm definitely going to let them certify with another. Yeah, we do that organization every time. You're gonna do uh, what is it? Uh, Napwater. Um, right. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna help you. You know, get, get your team certification ready, ready. Right. But I don't want any part of the certification. Right? Yeah, if your work is credible, right, It'll we should be able so. to step on any stage and do yeah. the task that you're asking us to do. I don't, I don't have to do this in-house kind of stuff to uh, pass my product through. Like, you know, what I'm saying it, it should be able to stand on its own two feet and speak for itself, no matter what. And then, even when they do these little police dog competitions or whatever, you know, what I'm saying they see the dog working, whether it be detection, um, apprehension, whatever. The other departments will see that, like, oh man, who, who, who yeah. you got trained with? Da, 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 da. The work speaks for itself. I mean, you know, yeah, it just—it's just my thing of yeah, don't be afraid to to vet where you are in the program. That's—I mean—that's not a bad thing. So, really. how how you feel about when people say, "Have you ever been a cop?" Right? And it and, and you like, no, nah. you know what I'm saying? But and then they're like, "How you train?" Well, I could, I could say, have you ever trained a dog? Same. That's exactly right. what I said. So, yeah, being a cop and being a cop with a dog is totally different. Like, there's, there's a big difference between. So, I don't care what he's biting, what he's apprehending, or whatever. It's still, we're getting into the dog. We don't. I don't want to get right. into your procedures or how to engage people and this, that, and the other. And, right. You know, that's something that you guys can handle. But when we talk about dogs, dogs stress level what they understand what they can and can't Correct. do you need to bring a dog person you need to have a dog person for that somebody who just do dogs yeah. you know what i'm saying for sure you know i agree with that 100 because again you, you know you're coming at it from just different angles you know mm-hmm. you know yeah you yeah law enforcement coming at it from a sop and handling standpoint mm-hmm. and we coming at it from a trainer standpoint and dog transport you know uh, because again you know what's wrong with betting where you are? Either if you're if you're in good shape, great. If you're not, here's a plan to get you where you need to be. Right. It's pretty simple to me. And, you know, I, I just don't understand the whole cloak of secrecy. The you know, in-house. I want to keep everything in-house. Yes. Yeah, again, it's your right. You know, it's your department. Right. But at the end of the day. Everything else gets vetted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as a, as an officer, right? You don't. You go to the range. You got to qualify the range, correct? Right. 
you have a you have somebody running the range. Yeah, range schedule. Yeah, right. So you you don't govern you know pass or fill yourself at the range. Right. You have a, somebody else fitted to do that. Right. And that's that. There needs to be. I don't think that you should be able to do that. But I don't think that all all states have to. They don't. Every certify. everybody does something different. Hold on one second. Okay. Yeah, every state is a little different. Uh, sometimes even counties can be different, you know? Right. So, you just try to, what I try to do is just, you know, when I contract that, I just try to work within what they have and then maximize, you know, the teams that they have, you know. Uh, and try to take them to levels that they didn't think they could reach. You know? Okay. If it's something that you they already currently doing and it's successful, that that's great. We don't we don't need to tap into that. We need to work on the things that you're not well suited for. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and I need to mentally put them into situations that you know maybe they haven't been in yet. You know, right? Yeah, it's training. I get it, but we train at a level that's pretty intense. Right? They should have they should have a checklist, bro. What? Things that dogs need to know, stuff that people, even if well, it's not told, them, on a dog. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, right, 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 right. No, I get what you're saying, but I mean, I feel like there needs to be some oh, yeah, I, I agree governing body, some kind of a, 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 a standard for what's what. There is a, a the, the certifying people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your dog bites somebody unlawfully or does something, they want to see. Your training logs. They want to see all that. Who's doing what? Blah, blah, blah. Even if it's in house, somebody made those rules. You got know what I'm saying? Yeah, somebody sure. made those. Hey, we have to log because everybody does it. We have to log our training. We have to. If he's on dope, we have to weigh it and see how much this was. What kind of environment was it? Was this stuff down? So you've known has the dog been trained on this? It was a training error. Is it an error on the street? You know, yeah. procedural cases where you case logs where they're getting people off because of. The mishandling of the dog, and you know, people making their dog false indicated and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Sure. But again, you know, how much of that could be nipped in the bud during the training phases? Depending on if who's you training a, the dog. Right, I get that. But I'm saying, if you have a third party, they have no stake in whether you pass or fail. You know what I'm saying? It should be like almost like a home inspection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so just say I go out to buy a dog, right? I should be able to meet you at such and such place um, and schedule an appointment for the inspector. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And at minimum, these dog, this dog is here. We're selecting a dog. We say, hey, man, I'm selecting this dog. This is not a, a as-is buy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm selecting this dog to do, do a purpose work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is... Uh, narcotics apprehension, or you know what I'm saying, whatever. That that governing body should be able to say, okay, there should be some type, some sort of test, and it shouldn't be all on the vendor because there's no, I mean, not a vendor, but the consumer, like the the department that's buying a dog or whoever, should be all on them. You should be able to bring that to somebody, yeah, to do that for you. There should be some kind of small fee 
And you pay that, and then we go through these tests. Yeah, I get it. And then your dogs get it. But when you get these green dogs that you're building up on your own, yeah, it's yeah, a big loss. You might as well go to Harris because yeah, you know that's, that's rough. I mean, it's a, it's to me that's a, it's a definitely a gamble to try to do it that way. Um, because expensive gamble on some people's parts. They're paying, you know, twelve to twenty twenty five thousand for a right, dog. Right, but here's my thing. You know, with that type of thing, a handler is not a trainer. At all. At all. So, Some of these people. Now, listen. Imagine this: if I came into the dog world, right? I came into the dog game, and the first time I ever worked a dog was six months ago. The first time I ever handled the right, dog. The right. first time I ever. Think, Am I capable of training another person's dog? Of course not. Okay. You know enough to be dangerous. So. With that being said, that's what they do. Oh, I, I understand completely. Like, bro, and then you get to talking to them. They swear that they know everything about the Like, bro, I'm been into dogs, like I said, to the biting part since 2005, 2006. And I'm still learning. Daily. I learn Right? I'm still day. learning. For you to come in the game, I'm not talking about you got your dog healing or down or sitting or spinning right. around or speaking on command or whatever. Right. I'm talking about. You know, knowing the dog in and out, yeah. what it needs to do and what is too much on this end, not enough on this end, making everything balanced. I'm still, I'm still trying to put all those pieces together. Sure. I kind of have an idea where I can get it where I need to get it, but I mean, I think I, I think we, we all do, we both do, but for me, like I said, I'm still, I still learn. Like I, I'll see something, I'll see some, even if it's something not to do, mm -hmm. I still learn. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I'm forever a student. I'm ever, because at the more I learn, and the more I can uh, decipher in a positive manner, it's just better for my class. Right, right. So as soon as you feel like you know it all, you know you go right. downhill to me. And you and you can't. You have to have that mindset. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. I, I I'm I was uh we went to this little cabin we rented. I think my brother was at Fort Rucker, right? So we started the, the grill. It wasn't the fire. Just I'm starting the fire for the grill, right? So I'm just, you know, trying to get the fire started. Just one star and put paper on it. Yeah. Like my coals, them coals wouldn't catch. So I'm like, man, y'all got some lights for it. They're like, nah. So I'm like, man, I'll put a little gas on it. I'm talking about not a lot. Just a, a little bit of gas. <laughs> and then I sprinkle the gas when we go in and out, right? Yeah. So I light it again. It's <laughs> it start it starts. It starts dwindling down. Yeah. I walk up to it. I walk up to it, and I'm going to go. I don't know if it's a spray bottle or squirt. Yeah. I put it in something like a squirt. It. But I walk up to it, and I just tilt it to squirt it. And the fire just. And I'm talking about set the whole canister. <laughs> set the whole canister on fire. The canister started melting in my hand. I'm talking about this all happening quick. The, the plastic to the canister is melting. Get on my shoes and my pants. I take off my pants. I'm my drawers now. My drawers, no shoes. I kick them shoes off so fast. I'm my drawers. I just start running. I'm like, boy, I need to get it up in this lake. They had a little lake. It was like about a 70-meter dash to the water. I'm like, man, I'm going to just have to go in there. With that being said, I didn't get burnt. I'm safe. And I now know how the film, it doesn't have to be the actual liquid, yeah. tangible yeah. fire that gets yeah. that close. Bro, you could be... Four feet away, 
and just the fumes of it sitting and stuff like that can yeah. get you. Now, with that being said, I have never used gas <laughs> setting the fire again. Do you got what I'm saying? That's, never. That's a safety uh, message for today. Yeah, listen, you don't have to start your fire with, uh, you don't have to start your fire with uh, doggone gas, gasoline. <laughs> you can get some diesel, you can get a starter block, you can get some light fluid. I educated myself. <laughs> you feel me? That's a learning. So yeah, we back. We had a little uh, technical difficulties with the camera, but um, like I was saying, don't set yourself on fire. <laughs> get some some stuff without the fumes. Man, that, that that really just having that experience though. Just I'm just talking about experience that made me start researching. Yeah. How you know the fire? What catches on fire? How much fumes is needed? How much is until it's combustible? You know what I'm saying? All yeah. kind of stuff. I'm just like, damn man, I almost damn killed my damn self. <laughs> you know, but. Everything is a learning experience. It don't have to be positive yeah. stuff going on for you to learn. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say. Even if it's something you learn not to do, right? You still learn, and you you definitely learn. And, you, and, and I could see somebody else do something, and I'd be like, oh, "Boy, that growing up as a kid, mm -hmm. I was the baby in my family, and that's how I learned. Right? Mm -hmm. I learned. I could see my older brothers and sisters do something, and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Like they don't need to be doing that. You ain't gotta you know be saying? no crash dummy." <laughs> Like you don't have to be a cursor. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to experience uh, the downfall. To now, we did all that talking again for nothing. <laughs> so yeah, no, we back in action. We we was talking about not being a cursor. I mean, not not uh, you know, getting into things that look dangerous, that were dangerous for other people, having results, negative results in other people's lives, and we just we just basically. Learning from other people's mistakes, we're taking what we need, applying it, and throwing away, you know, stuff that's not applicable to our lives or our situation. So, um, anyway, with that being said, I was saying that we came to uh, South Carolina today, get a little bit of training in, to do this podcast, chill, talk a little bit, man. Tell everybody where they can get you on, you know, your social media, your contact information, you know. Yeah, we're on, so we're on Facebook at you know, Homeland Canine or my personal Facebook page, Charlie Randolph. And then uh, we got a website, you know, www.hk9international.com. Check out our website. So if you see, like, if you go to, like, my personal page, you'll probably see me post a lot of news and stuff. Cause that's just like a uh, chance for me to woo side. Express yourself a little bit. Get loose a little bit. Right. You know, it can't all be work. You know what I'm saying? Listen, to be honest with you, until I started working with this guy, like, I, I did not know pretty much like how his voice was in conversation. You know, like, you'll hear him say something. It was a man of few, few words. So I was like, man, this dude, he don't talk a lot. He just sitting down, squinting his eyes, like, he having a hard time looking. But I'm like, man, he don't talk much, you know. Then when I, we kind of settled in, got to know each other a little bit, then kind of opened up, and then I start seeing him at the seminars, and then he becomes like the Gandhi of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like you know, all these philosophies. Like, I don't really know how to do a lot of things besides dogs and shit. Right. right. So I don't really, I'm not really comfortable talking about things I don't know nothing about. So I just, usually I just be listening to other people, you know. Right, right. About whatever it is. I, I don't know how to, you know, you know fix a car, carpentry, you know, plumbing, 
can't, I can't do any of that. See, look, you can't do nothing around us. Now, listen, you see us recording, right? Hey, 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 we live. We live. Listen, you can't do nothing around us. Listen, you get they get out of hand, you give them an inch, they take them out. This is the same person that was just about to set us on fire with brake fluid on the battery terminals. If y'all ever heard that, listen, I want somebody to tell me if they ever heard of people putting brake fluid on battery terminals to brake clean cleaner. off. Brake cleaner. Look, brake cleaner on the battery terminals to clean off the corrosion. I've never seen that before. Come on, Come on man. Get that dog, man. But yeah, like, like we were saying, man, we had to calm that down real quick. But, uh, but yeah, man, reach this man. Uh, like he like said on all his um, training stuff. Let's talk about what we got going coming up real quick. Um, in March, March nineteenth is the Throwdown. He yeah, will yeah, be yeah, yeah. guest vehicle at the Throwdown. It's gonna be a live event. It's a lot of heavy hitting dogs this year. It's probably gonna be the best event, working dog event. I look forward to being able to help you with that every year, man. I really, really have a good time Listen, down there with that. I'm getting, I'm getting the chills. Just think about who I'm gonna just give you a little briefness. I don't want y'all to pull out, okay? Don't pull out because y'all scared of dogs that's coming, okay? So, dude from Alabama, he signed up with a bunch of dogs. I don't even know who he is. You know the Misfit Crew. Yeah, they got their crew coming out. If if I don't know, I think what's the dude named Damon? I think Damon coming oh, yeah. with this. With zero. zero. Okay, so, alright. I don't know what kind of control he got, but they banging. That whole that whole jump is banging. Love I think that Sandy and Sin and them coming up from Earth, Florida Earth. hitting. So that's like all dogs that's just so so let's your arm off. So even like you know, we're gonna have a great time at the throwdown. But don't run away, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times I will get to see some of them. Let's hang out afterwards too. You know what I'm saying? All right. It's so what he's saying is, weekend. okay, okay. And then this is another thing. My family is always, you know, the yeah, soup, 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 yeah. soup So we can go out and kick it, man, have a nice time after the event is over, you know, chill. Sure. If I'm not mistaken, they're probably going to have a fight or something. That, um, I think it is. I'm not sure. I have to go check. March 19th, we'll check that out. But aside from that, yes, the throwdown coming up is going to be major. Let me see that. Hand me one of those slides right here. Sure, sure. So, don't be major. Big, listen. Listen, if y'all haven't seen, ooh, let me see. Can we focus? Can we get some focus on that? Boom. March 19th, the throwdown. That's the address. Show up. Be there. Be square. And uh, after that, we have this man's events. This is one of the uh, better, the only one of its kind. It's super, super, super original. Right here in this field, we in uh, Townville, South Carolina, right outside of Anderson. Um, it's not too far from Atlanta. We're going to be up here with our crew. I don't know what dogs we putting in, but it's going to be exciting. I'll be decoying the same way he helps me out with his event. Yeah, I, I mean, my event, he helped help him out with his event. Can't wait, can't talk, wait. talk a little bit about what that entails in that. Uh, uh, so, it's, you know, the Iron Wheel is... It combines obedience, agility, and controlled aggression, like all rolled into one. You know, it, none of it's separate, right? So it's, you know, we got all these endurance. Oh yeah, for sure, right? Because people ask me about that all the time. Say, oh, why, you know, why do we gotta have that? Well, think about it. You know, we do activities with our dogs all the time. Right. I hear my clients say, hey, you know, this weekend I'm going up in the mountains. I'm gonna hike with my dog. 
So you go hiking, you work, you know, you have a good time all day with the dog, get back to your car, and lo and behold, somebody tries to do something to you. So does your, do you and your dog function the same because you're tired? Yeah. You know, how does that work out? Yes, definitely. You, you can't. I can relate. You can't check out because you're tired. I can definitely relate. <laughs> you know? So, so there's this thing called a shark tank that they do to you in, uh, in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Where you put a fresh man on you every minute or every two minutes. Once you start, as much as I've learned over this time that I've been doing jiu-jitsu, all of that starts getting thrown out the window when fatigue starts setting and you start thinking back to square one. And you're just trying to basically survive and not applying any of the stuff that you learn. So that's where this competition is super, super good and for people who really need their dogs in real life. Like, So if you come out here man, and, and, and sign up, You'll do the endurance stuff with your dogs. A lot of the things you'll have to do with your dog. Your, your dog is not going to only have to, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but just like some of the people who've already been, they know. Yeah. When, when we shoot, when we when when somebody shoots at you, you shoot back and still using your dog. Like So there's times where the dog's receiving gunfire from both ends. Um, yeah. Super, super, super exciting, man. Like um, wait, something, man. something that you just don't want to miss. Um, something that you really want to be a part of, even if you just suspect that you don't have a dog on that level that's ready yet for that. So, so this is the this is our first year where we have the throwdown before Iron Week. First Usually year was after, right? And yeah. I did that only because it was so good last year. COVID kind of threw everything in the loop. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty biblical. Pretty, all things work together for yeah, the good for sure. him that love God. So we kind of learned a little bit through yeah. that situation. Like we had a bunch of uh, times where in May we was having it like middle May, end of May we all about to die up there. Decoys yeah. judges, I was a three shades darker than what I am now so it was just a lot of stress on everybody involved so even if, even though that's typically you know calendar wise the spring man, get, you know you're talking mid to end of May it starts to get hot. Oh yeah, you know, we're talking 100, 100 so degrees, 90 something you know, we had to have a pool at the end of every uh, biting scenario. Uh, you know, dogs is so, super, uh, super gas. We, you know, it was just I'm too definitely much. excited for you to have it, you know, this year in, you know, in March. So we, we get to jump off. You know what I'm saying? The right. throwdown is the jump off to for the season. You know what I mean? For everybody. Especially for what we do. Yes, yeah. is, is, the, is the kickoff. And then after that's over, I plan on really hitting this. PSA world and and bringing my team like we just came from Florida yeah. brought seven dollars down I think five or four or five was fast and and we've only been into the sport for eight months so I really feel like we're yeah, going ex- we're going in the right direction we don't know a whole lot about it yet but dog training is dog training at the end of the day we learn how to communicate with the dog we know how to apply that and we'll learn some things that we don't know as we go but like I said, we sit back and observe. I went to, and I advise a lot of people to do this. If you're going to compete in any venue, whether that's with us, Charlie's event, PSA, Schutzen, I advise you to go and sit down and watch those things uh, as a spectator without your dog, you know, a few times before you get involved in that. And then you'll have a better perspective. Listen to the critiques. Listen to the scoring, the way things are going. It's all things that are going to help you develop as a handler. So, yeah, we definitely, definitely it's super excited about it. Like I said, this is the ninth throwdown. 
in ten years, we had to cancel because COVID. But yes, bro. Right, and this will be the ten Iron Will. So yeah, that's that's. Yeah, you didn't cancel. Me, you didn't cancel nah, on that. I just yeah. I just pushed it back a few months. You know, it's October that year. Yeah, and then you came right back in right, another April. Yeah, we just doubled it back up. But yeah, yeah, we just. I'm personally excited to be part of your. You know. Uh, it's something, you know, throw down on something you created, so any way I can help with that, or, you know, I'm just excited to be part of it, you know what I mean? So, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's probably going to be Pull up on tons you. of dogs out there. I can't wait. Uh, I'll be posted up in my old man position, and I'll be in the cage. Ready. Coverage you know test level two. That's Charlie Station. So, bring your dog. Hopefully, he could stay into the fight. And survive, yeah. and then uh, you know, my boy Mark is gonna be on that surprise attack. So just, just be ready, y'all. Train up, get ready, man. And it was nice having you today on Dog Days podcast. And um, hopefully we'll be able to get together again. We'll wrap after both of these competitions is up, sure. and we'll do it again, bro. For sure. Till next time. See y'all. Peace. Peace.